It's Tuesday, June 15th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the show is brought to you by ManRubs, as always. Visit ManRubs.com, use the code STAKE15 at checkout to save 15% off any of their goodies in their store. Just in time for Father's Day, um, blow torches to start your charcoal. You ever go to someone's house and it takes them like 45 minutes to start charcoal because they have no idea what they're doing? Or they soak it with that freaking chemical shit that makes everything taste And then your hot dog tastes like plastic. Yeah. Avoid that with the... I don't know what it's technically called. It's a gun that hooks up to a propane torch. Ooh. It's a blowtorch. I gotta get one of those. Yeah. And you can sear steak with it, too, actually. Okay. There's a bunch of stuff you can do with it. Yeah. But they got tons of good rubs, clothing, coffee cups, all sorts of good stuff. Hit them up. Manrubs.com. Code steak15 at checkout. As always, also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear USA. Visit stayreadygear.com. Use the code steak at their checkout. Save 5% off. Concealed carry holsters, magazine holsters, on-duty stuff, off-duty stuff, handcuff holsters, Kydex material, okay. all sorts of goodies that um, if you're part of the Second Amendment movement or if you're in law enforcement and you carry firearms or tools with you, they have good stuff off-duty, on-duty, and um, just for patriots in general. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, stayreadygear.com with the code STAKE at checkout. You'll save 5% off anything in their store. I like it. Hey, Father's Day is this weekend. Yeah. And although I think three out of four of us present our fathers, I mean, you're a dog dad, right? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, your dogs can't buy you firearms. But if you were looking for that perfect Father's Day gift Mm. in a short amount of time. I think that would be like more of a straw purchase. Okay. Don't hate it. (laughs) Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has everything you need to take care of those firearm Father's Day gift taken care of. Mike's a licensed FFL. He's been serving Southern California and San Diego for over a decade. He's got a five-star rating and will take care of uh, all those firearm needs. He's got everything you can imagine under the sun. Check out his website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's also available at 619-870-6992. That's Mike over at West Coast Survival Arms. Um, the world's most technologically advanced headphone and in-studio recording equipment can be found at Odyssey. Wearing the Mobius is right now, super comfy. Yeah. Sound quality top tier. Yeah. And you can find them on uh, Instagram and over at odyssey.com. Um, and then when you're talking about tactical gear, you have those outer carriers. You know, you're that real dad who's got on like the all-white New Balances, <laughs> some cargo shorts, a polo shirt, outer carrier. Ankle socks. What are you missing? <laughs> I'm wearing ankle socks right now. You're missing some patches, probably flags. Our friends over at Mediocremetic, mediocremetic.com. They might be able to, you could change out those New Balances or even those camel crocs for some flip-flops, a fanny pack, mm. while you're on the grill this Father's Day. And then our real good friend, Mark Joe Friday, over at dumpbox.us, home of the zero bucks duck. We've got a coronavirus veteran flag hanging up in the lab here. I've got some pins on my bag. I'm actually wearing my coronavirus veteran shirt today to commence the end of 
emergency orders here in San Diego. As uh, but is it really? No, it's not, not really. Yeah, there's still a lot of crap that you have to weed but, through to. But yeah, mediocremedic.com, dumpbox.us, all of those tactical gear needs will be met, and so much more. Visit our friends, visit our sponsors, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, episode 44, Steak for Breakfast podcast. Joined always by my lovely co-hosts, Nick, looking quite beardly. I have to shave. Noah, looking quite shavedly. Yep. And our guest today, uh, Anthony, host of Where's the Purple podcast. Welcome to the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Yo, what's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me. Oh, we're absolutely excited to have you today. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, we appreciate it. For sure. So, how are things in your neck of the woods? Hot. I live in Las Vegas. It's just the oven out here. Oh, sounds terrible. It's 100, 118 degrees a day. I was, I was in Vegas one time, and they told us not to go outside because it was so hot that you could die. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe not that extreme, but they told us not to go outside. It happens. Yeah, that's wild. Nick, extreme heat, you down with it? I just got AC, so bring it. <laughs> you can't bring your AC with you to Vegas. Why not? Uh... Uh, well, actually, Vegas. I like Vegas. I have family out there, so I'm there a couple times a year. Yeah, sure do. So, Anthony, tell us a little bit about your podcast. How about why you jumped in the podcast game and kind of what kind of uh, you know show you bring to your audience um, every time you record? So, right off the top, like you said, I'm Anthony. Where's the Purple Podcast? It's available wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, it has more of a libertarian approach than... Uh, what you guys bring to the table. I'm not all over Donald Trump. I'm definitely not a fan of uh, Joe Biden. Okay. Uh, but who is really? I like to take things from a realistic perspective of everyday Americans because I feel like most people are somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. People like to say that they're socially liberal and physically conservative, but I just think that that's America, right? Like, do your own thing. I'll do my own thing. You do your own thing with your resources. I'll do my own thing with my resources. I got into podcasting because as a black dude, I feel like white people are catching a lot of shit Mm. for a lot of regular ideas of America. You go out, handle your shit, I'll handle my shit, and that's that. Yeah. Somebody's got to say it. Yeah. So you're African-American. You're black guy? I'm I'm American with black skin, yeah. Okay. I like that. I didn't notice, which makes me... Instantly racist. Oh, that's so racist. So you're colorblind. <laughs> we'll get into that a little yeah. bit later as well. You don't even real. You don't even realize you're a racist. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> how, that's how racist <laughs> I how am. Dare you? Well, I'm in my 40s and currently not enrolled in, in elementary school, so therefore I wouldn't be taught it from a young oh, age. Oh, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. That's yeah. It. You missed a curve by 35 years. My bad. Um, how dare you? Well, but luckily, yeah. luckily they're going to bring uh, some of that education, you know, to the workplace soon, probably. Good times. Well, I think it's good. Um, I, I'm always a big proprietor of, of getting outside the echo chamber, and I know that uh, we are, I would say, for the most part, conservative. We have some libertarian strains in some of the politics we do, uh, starting with like Nick's hair and I just want to be left beer, alone, right, and I stuff have a like mullet. that. That's pretty conservative. Yeah, <laughs> but but I, but I think at the end of the day, it's just one of those things where when you bring people from, not necessarily right in the community but from a little bit outside who brings a little bit of perspective i'm interested to see and i've been hyping it up for the last couple weeks on our show where our perspective of the news and our commentary mixes with you and i think it's going to make for an absolutely great show i've been listening uh last couple episodes i like it yeah yeah i agree i agree with most of the shit he says yeah i think at the end of the day and i've said this before like 
obviously I think Biden is retarded, but which one? The whole the whole um, cabal of them. Okay, send in the clones. Mm. But my point is like if if you're for Biden and you can educate if you're riding with Biden, if you're riding with Biden and you can like intelligently defend why you think that he's doing a say, good job. Yeah, like if that's like if you're wholehearted like I love presidents who just mumble and corrupt vice presidents like that's what I'm about. I think okay. this is America. I have the right to believe in that. Like whatever you fall on, if you can intelligently defend yourself and go, this is what I believe. Well, legitimately, I, I will at the end of the day shake your hand and go, okay. Now Biden is a terrible example because a lot of these people have no idea what his policies are and they just hate Trump. But coming from Anthony's perspective, like a lot of Americans are in the middle. Yeah, and that's why elections swayed, I think, back and forth a lot because it kind of depends. There's a ebb and flow to the government and and to I think people's views on which way things kind of go and, and every four years people get tired of the old party then it switches but i'm all for i'm super conservative but i will have a legitimate conversation with anybody if they can intelligently say this is what i believe i know you don't believe that this is why i believe it like if you can sit there and say i'm for um universal basic income and give me a good reason i'm, I'm not going to agree with it but if that's what you're going to die on that mountain you want to see some intelligence. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the issue is people don't and have the ability That's why I said to, Biden is yeah. the kind of anomaly to use that example. I think he meant retard. Well, I think they've definitely been having a lot of uh, technical difficulties with his earpiece, so maybe the Biden administration needs to reach out to Odyssey. I love the video of him <laughs> at the conference recently, and he's just... Like re- trying to reintroduce somebody and everyone's staring at him like where he shuts no, down we, for we like ten that. seconds. We're gonna we, get into that audio. We just did that and and, <laughs> and, and the whole dumpster <laughs> fire that that was the G seven and NATO summits over the weekend. But before we get into that, let's start off with uh, Donald Trump over the weekend. <clears throat> they had an event in Wisconsin hosted by one of Nick's favorite Patriots, Mike Lindell. <laughs> Guest exceeded twenty thousand. Nice. And at some point. And to, to much to my relief, Donald Trump joined this event. And over the course of the last maybe like two months, I've had to read his press statements and try to stress some of the things. Yeah. <laughs> but lucky for us, Donald Trump was able to join this um, event and talk specifically about one of the statements he... Keynote speaker? I guess you could call it that. Yeah. So, but it was, it was, he talked about one of those things where uh, he, he released a statement in regards to um, all of the things that the fake news media had kind of pushed over the course of the last, you know, portion of his uh, presidency. Perfect. And literally was able to, you know, go bullet point by bullet point. So I don't have to do it on the show and try to stress all of his uh, grammatical, uh, you know, puncture marks His inference puncture yeah. punctuation there we go let's hear what he had to say went to wisconsin and I'm very happy about it and the people of wisconsin are very happy mike i want to thank you you're a courageous patriot and some of the people you have my friends there diamond and silk we love diamond and silk and charlie kirk chris cox uh, bikers for trump i'll tell you i didn't know chris but every time i went four years ago and more recently thousands of Bikers show up, and I felt extremely safe. They are great people. And Dinesh D'Souza, they treated him very badly. We gave him a pardon. They treated him very, very unfairly. He's a talented guy, a brilliant guy, and another 
brilliant guy and a friend of mine is Sheriff Clark. I feel very, I very like comfortable Clark. around Sheriff Clark. Nothing going to happen to me around Sheriff Clark. He's about law and order, and that's what we need. You know, we put out a statement just a little while ago. A lot of people are commenting. Uh, we do press releases now because we were banned from of me. But I just put out a, uh, a statement, and I said, we were right, listen to this, on the hydroxychloroquine, and it works. You saw the reports just came out. The virus came from the Chinese lab, the China virus. Hunter Biden's laptop was real. They tried to say, well, it was made by Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. Bullet points with uh, commentary. Hunter Biden's <laughs> laptop was real. Lafayette Square was not cleared for a photo op. That just came out, and I want to thank the Inspector General for having the courage to come out with the truth. They were saying Lafayette Square was a big deal. By the way, they tried to burn down these insurrectionists. They tried to burn down the church, which was built at the same time as the White House, and they almost got it. Interestingly, they did fireproofing work a week before. If they didn't do that fire, it was luck. Well, maybe it was from God. If they didn't do that fireproofing work, the church would have been burned down. Uh, the, but I just Russian bounty story was a fake. Remember that the Russian bounty. It was a total fake. We did not produce and, and think of this. The vaccines, all of the vaccines were saving. Frankly, I believe in freedom. You have to make your own choice. But the vaccines are saving not only the country, they're saving the world. This would be another 1917 where you lost almost 100 million people with the Spanish flu. So the vaccines, and we did it in less than nine months. Everybody said it was going to take three, four. Dr. Fauci, your favorite person, said it would take three, four, five years. Don't even do it because it's going to take so long. The FDA does not like me very much, that I can tell you. They don't like me even a little bit (laughs) because I push them like they've never been pushed. It was supposed to take three to five years. I got it done in less than nine months. So the vaccines, big deal. That's a really big deal. And then we bought billions of dollars before we knew it even worked. Otherwise, you Russian bounty story was. So, I mean, there you have like, you know, all of those. I want to call them claims that he made were were pretty much valid. I I think it's pretty safe to say now that hydroxychloroquine is being used as a not only prophylactic, but, um, you know, treatment for people who are mildly affected by the china virus yeah and then he talked about how uh the lafayette square incident where the media went out and and kind of uh you know said that he used tear gas and federal police officers to clear the square so he can have a photo opportunity in front of the church that's attached to the white house property uh the inspector general who was Appointed by Biden at the beginning of the administration, issued a statement uh, in the last 24 hours that said it was actually cleared by the D.C. police because of the fact that there was property destruction going on and a small fire was lit on the church. It had nothing to do with Donald Trump or his uh, alleged photo opportunity. And then he got into a little bit of Operation Warp Speed where he talked about, you know, he, he had a real concern about the country being locked down for longer than it needed to be. And... Uh, you know, also gave a real instance there where he said taking the vaccine is a choice and everybody needs to, you know, uh, respect the fact that there are going to be people that don't take it. Um, I know a lot of people on social media right now and in the the news have been proprieting that he's like kind of a snake oil salesman in regards to the vaccine. But I I always am going to go back that he talked about the program, which was Operation Warp Speed, putting the pressure on 
big pharma to get something out. Um, but it's at the end of the day, your choice on whether or not you want to, uh, you know, take the vaccine and, uh, be part of the clinical trials or, uh, you know, not so, but you will, but you will have that choice by April. He said that exactly. And then as soon as it comes out in April, everyone's acting like it was somehow Joe Biden's fault. Uh, yes. And, and that's it. How do you, how, what's your feelings on the vaccine, Anthony? What? You know, give us a little bit of commentary from your section of the uh, universe on, on how you feel about, you know, how the program is rolled out and kind of like how it applies to you in a personal manner. So I think it's everything that you just said. I think that you have a personal choice to take it. I think that Big Pharma has a vested interest in to not put out a, a product that's going to hurt somebody. However, it's not going to not hurt you because they haven't had time to study it. Yeah. If you if you're willing to take that risk, if you're in the category where you feel like that risk is too much for you, then don't do it. If the the risk is uh, uh, positive for you, then go ahead and get your vaccine. What's that got to do with me? Yeah, I like it. Nick? Well, I mean, society is going to make everybody get it just because like it's become a cultish, like fucking its own religion at this point. So right? you're talking like vanity masks? No, I'm talking it's about like in the same category. I'm though. talking about just like the same people who are freaking out over it the most are the ones that are just like fanatically like you have to be vaccinated you're gonna ruin my life yeah so well that doesn't have to do anything with me i i know it doesn't have anything to do with nick um i know nick's not really a, a big fan of operation uh take the vaccine how do you feel about that um i like anthony said actually it's up to you i, I really don't care but don't chastise me for not getting it yeah, yeah. and don't ruin my life there was a guy, um, I follow him on Instagram, and he's actually in San Diego. He was, I don't know what position he played, but he has a World Series under his belt. Okay. And now he's retired, but he's a huge conservative. His oh. Instagram handle is Huff Daddy. You're talking about Aubrey Huff. Yes. He is based. Yeah. He is amazing. But his son's playing um, minor league ball, and yep. he said that his son, recently they had two buses for their team, and the first was vaccinated, and they got first pick of the hotel room. Okay. And they had to wait at the ballpark for like another hour for that bus to come back and get all the players that didn't want to get vaccinated. And he's like, so this isn't just like a health, quote unquote, like thing now. Now it's now they're punishing you're splitting people, people up yeah. in society based on whether or not they want to get the vaccine. And my point is, I don't know what's in this vaccine. I'm not a scientist. That's not okay. my my job is not to investigate to the full extent to where I feel like the burden of proof, whether this is safe or not, is on the people making the vaccine. And when Bill Gates has his fingers in it and he's been bitching about population control for the last 15 years, it's like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with that. If you want to get the vaccine for a virus that has a 99.6% survival rate, then that's fine. You're probably also the people that answer the call when you get called for ex car extended warranties and ask for further information. <laughs> I don't. That's not me. I'm willing to risk that. I'm healthy. I haven't been sick in the doctor in like three years. Mm -hmm. So, I, I got the coronavirus. Therefore, my immunity is natural and better than the vaccine. Well, and I think 99% of legitimate scientists would say that natural immunity is better than a vaccine in the grand scheme of And especially health. if the vaccine will nullify your natural immunity. I don't know if that's been proven or, or sterilize not, but females, that's what they said. But they kind of downplay the um, antibodies and natural immunity after having coronavirus. As we listened to last week on our show when we had that panel of CNN guests on, 
And little, right. little did they know that like three out of the five guests were going to revolt against the narrative. I love it. <laughs> and, and all start clapping for each other when they're talking about like, I want more research and I've already had coronavirus, like, you know, and I want to see how long the antibodies, yeah. like, I want to well, ride that. The other funny so. part is like, yeah, the left that came out and said everyone needs vaccine. I mean, and not the left. I mean, a majority of the people on the left were like, everyone needs a vaccine. We need, everyone needs to be vaccinated. It's ridiculous. A lot of the corporations that we interact with on a daily basis, you have Disney, you know, a lot of these like major corporations were pro-vaccine and you saw it in the workplace. You saw it in Disneyland shut down. They were letting people that were, you know, super low capacity. Now they're saying, you know, they were saying vaccinated people will be welcomed. And on all of a sudden now they're saying 100% capacity, no vaccination, no masks. And it's like, you just see that the narrative of the vaccine, once money comes into play, and there's a hard dollar sign oh, yeah. at the end of it, their worldview when it comes to health and the vaccine just is thrown out the window. Because Disney's first instinct, and they released a statement yesterday, no vaccine, no mask required. And it's like, oh, that's convenient when you just want people to come to your park. Yeah. You really don't give a crap about anyone's health. You don't care. You know, the narrative for you is to make money. And you really, Well, it's like it's, the people that are politically left who are in positions where they own a bar, they own a restaurant or whatever, and then this started really affecting them. How dare you call it? They changed. Like they changed their... <laughs> dare you? Dare they you. completely changed. They're like, oh, you know, actually, you know, I don't, don't think when this I, is necessary. I well, hope I, and pray that these people are going to remember that when they comes to vote for a new governor. I hope they remember the tyranny that we were in here, you know, because they were all for Newsom, and then... Oh, my bar got shut down. My restaurant got shut down. Now I have to drive for Uber. Yeah, like, now Mussolini seems kind of fucked up. Yeah, and I hope that that is fresh in their mind when it goes to the polling place. Well, you know, we are going to get more into Trump and a little bit of what he had to say additionally at that Wisconsin rally on Sunday. But since we've kind of segued through the end of the China virus, at least here in Southern California where we're at, um, and I really didn't want to bring him up on the show, but you know what's usually up are the nipples of New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, uh, most notably known on this show as Party Tits. Yeah. He actually came out yesterday and talked about... Eating sausage? Close. Sausage. He also didn't reference dipping it in the garlic sauce. Dip your sausage in the sauce. But he did talk about the difference between being vaccinated and not being vaccinated and how it affects him as we're talking about right now. Oh, so, that was an amazing clip. Yeah, let's hear what he had to say. Get a vaccine. You don't have to worry about unvaccinated people because you have the vaccine. I am vaccinated. You may not be vaccinated, but you don't pose a risk to me because I am vaccinated. Mm. So if you are vaccinated, what are you worrying about? Now, the only question is the effective rate of the vaccine, which is 80, 90 percent, whatever it is. Something like that. Uh, so Less if you're concerned about that, get a vaccine. Well, there'll be unvaccinated people. That's their problem. They have to worry about catching COVID. Not you. If so you I actually agree with something Cuomo says. That's weird. I Could you hear his nipple ring? It's, almost, in it's the almost like that's what we've been saying this entire fucking time. Could you hear Hillary Clinton firing up the suicide machine? Well, I mean, how dare he? No, she already fired it off this weekend. Well, I know, but she's, she's something happened to affect the pocketbook of New York. <laughs> well, you got all those millionaires and billionaires leaving the state at a consequential rate. So, <laughs> hey, can pretty, I can I touch this for a second? Get yes. it. I, I said the same thing touch about the sausage. I I 
I always wore my mask, right? Okay. No big deal. It don't bother me. I don't care. I'll put it on. I don't know. There wasn't enough science. Whatever. We don't know what the hell we're doing. This thing could kill everybody or it could kill nobody. I got to listen to MSNBC or Fox News to <laughs> figure out which one is true. True right? story. True story. So I put on my mask. I'm trying to figure out why after the initial surge, and this goes hand in hand with the vaccine, mm-hmm. right? After the initial surge, why didn't you go out and buy yourself a fucking N95 mask? Right. If you're so worried about my mask so much, why don't you protect yourself, put on your goggles, put on your gloves, put on your N95 mask? Then it don't matter if I got a mask on or not. Well, they don't make uh, N95 masks with smiley faces and uh, flowers, right. Pandas on Vote them. And Marvel yeah. characters. Oh, uh, and BLM, yeah. you just got, trying to control what I'm doing. Yeah. Yep. That's the issue. That's the real issue there. I agree, and I think that's part of why a lot of these people are fighting to keep the masks. And there's like an actual movement of people that were vaccinated in California that want people to keep wearing masks because it's almost for them the first time in their life they can be the hero of something and they can regulate people on a certain level it's elevated karen's to that god tier level yeah and if that's taken away then guess what they have to go back to work at starbucks Mm. and ask people if they want soy milk or almond milk with that it's always soy milk is there a choice or teach your kids oh there you go go back and teach your goddamn kids Sorry, I cuss a lot. I heard people cuss on your show. So oh, I figured it was okay. that is do unfucking not. acceptable. <laughs> yeah, please do us a favor and don't filter yourself because yeah. this is yes, not the place it. for it. Um, well, getting back to Wisconsin before we get on to the G7 and the NATO summits that happened over the weekend, there is one thing that I'm sure we could all giggle about, and it's Donald Trump referring to the 2020 election and some of the stats that go into uh, why he still feels that it needs to be contested. So... While he was on that jumbotron before over twenty thousand my pillow supporters, let's hear what he had to say in regards to that. To seventy-five million people, and they say we lost, but we didn't lose. Seventy-five million votes. They say that we lost. Now, I was told by John McLaughlin, who's considered. Uh, just about the best pollster, I would say the best pollster. There's a few of them out there, Towery. There are a few of them out there that are great. Sir, you got 63 million. If you can go up to 65, you can't lose the election. Well, you know what happened? We went up to 75, and they say we lost the election. If you win Miami, if you win Florida, if you take out and win, and we won by a lot, Florida and Ohio, and then you add Iowa, Nobody's ever won those states and lost. But we won those states in virtual landslides, and they have us losing. And there are so many. We held every state house. We held Congress. You know, we were supposed to lose 25 seats, and we ended up gaining 16 in the House of Representatives. And it wasn't for me. Right now, the Senate would be 60-40 against because I made teleconference calls. They call them town hall calls, speaking to tens of thousands of people for congressional candidates and senators. And we would right now be at 60-40 against instead of 50-50. And unfortunately, Mitch McConnell, with what he was doing, hurt us very, very badly in Georgia. We lost those two seats. We should have never lost those two seats, but we did. But we also lost them for other reasons. I'm not sure that no matter what you did, you could have won. They signed a consent decree in Georgia that was so bad, it basically was a a decree that said Republicans aren't going to win. They should have never been allowed to sign it. Regardless, again, I want to thank Mike as being a true patriot. 
I want to thank people like Rudy Giuliani, who is out there fighting, and they're after him, and they want to take him down. They want to take us all down. There's never been a time like this. There's never been. It's weaponized. So, I mean, he kind of referenced some of those 2020 election numbers. And I know Anthony's not as much of a Trump supporter as we are. But if there's one thing that I am going through the election numbers, it's a numbers, being a numbers guy. I like to tout that, I, you know, I did a lot of research and kind of dug into the whole demographics of the 2020 election. And he made a couple points that, you know, I'm going to elaborate on real quick before, uh, you know, before we get into uh, our next segment, which is talking about Joe Biden and the disaster that he was over the weekend. So, wow. Let's go through the numbers real quick. Again, that he was trying to get across. But, you know, when 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 Donnie gets worked up, he just kind of references (laughs) the same point over and over again. So he touched about almost 75 million votes. He likes to say the same thing in different ways. Right. That's correct. Right. So bellwether states. Yeah. The bellwethers. Like, how how do you see that data and be like, that sounds perfectly reasonable. 18 of 19, which included Florida, uh, Ohio and Iowa. And not even close. Right. No. Considerable win margins. Yeah. And then you have the bellwether counties, yep. 43 of 43. Yep. You have the fact that Joe Biden did not uh, match or exceed any of the counties' total amount won by Barack Obama in both campaigns or Hillary Clinton in 2016. Um, you also had the fact that uh, 353 counties in 29 states had more votes than possible voters. That's, uh, kind that's of a, a nice, kind nice of, magic Kind of a red trick. flag. And then when you look at the overall total of the, elect- of the electorate across the board, the country, all the registered voters you have, um, how is it possible for Joe Biden to win 150% of the voter turnout? Trump has 74 million documented votes. It's 74 and change. 133 million registered voters are in the United States. That's fact. And on a lot of different websites through .govs that you could go listen to or um, investigate for yourself. And then 159 million total votes overall. So you're talking about 103, 133 million registered voters in the United States, and 159 million votes were cast overall and counted. Um, no matter how the math is done, it just doesn't add up. Period. Agreed? Yeah. Nick? <clears throat> Anthony? I mean, you might not be a Trump guy, but you got to at least be a numbers guy, right? I'm not very good at numbers, but if you're telling me that the government might have lied to us about an election, I'm going to tell you... Yeah. <laughs> they would never do that. They've Imagine never that. done that in the past. It's never happened. The government so, has never lied. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where we're kind of at with that. And we're going to get into Stop the Steal a little bit more down the road because there's some happenings going on in the state of Arizona and more. Well, they tapped into the reservoir of voters, extra voters. You're loving that Fauci reservoir. So. I fucking hate that guy. Does, you guys both do pretty good. Thank you. Impersonations. Yeah. There's only about 40% of the, of the CDC is vaccinated. That's the choice we're doing town halls, though. <laughs> That's super good. <laughs> Thank you. It makes um, me never want to go to the East Coast for anything in my life. Well. Hearing both those guys talk. I was actually thinking about just making, like, reservoirs. be, like, my text message tone. Like, every time I get a text, oh, it just God. yells reservoir. <laughs> <laughs> How you, annoying would that be? Then you get emails. You'd be gain the function. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one more time, Anthony. Where did the fucking virus come from? Fucking amazing. I love Rand Paul. Um, Anthony, you're a Rand Paul fan, huh? Rand Paul-ish? I am. Ron Paul more so. Yeah, yeah. same. He, he doesn't give in as, as often, as frequently, on his important issues. Agreed. Yeah, so, he holds the ground pretty good. Much to at least all of our dismay, Joe Biden, 
his clones and the deep fakes <laughs> made a trip across the pond this week over to Cornwall. He was a little late to one of those, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, in the UK. Well, you say late, and he says 2.5 hours tardy. <laughs> so Imagine if you showed up two and a half hours late to work, and you're like, I'm just a little tardy. They'd be like, get your shit and get the fuck yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> that they get fired on day one of your job. We made oh. a statement to the world over the course of this weekend that America is last again. Welcome to the globalist NWO agenda 2030 bullshit to where we're just going to number one, step in line and number two, pay for the world shit. So everybody should be hyped. All of our taxes are going to go up and by... You know, if, if things stay the way they are, we'll, what is it, own nothing and like it. We won't eat beef anymore. You'll be happy about it. Yeah, all of our Amazon packages will come via drone. And they'll also check your temperature rectally. Please stop. Um, I drew the line at no beef. Well, you know. <laughs> That's why I'm like, you know what, come well, get it. Joe Biden sat down with one of Europe's finest soy boys. Will Amazon deliver beef? Beef substitutes. Oh, Gross. Soylent green. President Macron of France this week, who was, I don't know if you guys saw it, Anthony, I don't know if you saw this either. He went out to an event um, <clears throat> before on his way to the G7 summit this weekend, and he was greeted by fans who, one of the guys slapped him right in the face. <laughs> so he, he, he went up to kind of greet people. He gave like one person a hug and the How next you person. Doing? Yeah, he like gave him a little face rub and then fucking just completely, where's my money, bitch, slapped him. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, he healed up in time to sit down with Joe Biden this weekend and talk about how America's back, and when I say back, I mean last. The back of the line? Yeah. In the United States, I've said before, we're back. The U.S. is back. We feel very, very strongly about the cohesion of NATO, and I, for one, think that uh, the European Union is an incredibly strong and vibrant yes. entity. That has a lot to do with uh, the ability of uh, Western Europe to not only handle its economic issues, but provide the backbone and the support for NATO. And so I, uh, we're, we're very supportive. So there you have Joe Biden peddling to uh, President Macron about how not only America is back, but they're willing to openly pay for everything they want to support in addition um, to financially backing their globalist agenda. So, That's what America being back means, right? Yeah. yeah. We're back. Like, we didn't go nowhere. I've been here. They need to put in parentheses. <laughs> Pay it's back like, better. Build back. And instead of build, it's build to the back of the line. Back yeah. better. It's It was awful. And I don't know if any of you guys saw like Joe Biden walking to these events. Oh, he was <laughs> He's escorted. like getting lost. No, he, first of all, his arms don't swing. Yeah. I, for, I think personally the deep fake mask you know, there's always like some connectivity issues with like the eye sockets, and if you don't watch where your feet are going, you're going to fall. Yeah. And th there was one where he was like walking from where they were all seated, spaced out, to where they were all going and like rubbing elbows, and then afterwards they're like all hugging and like smoking cigarettes and drinking well, champagne. Well, off together. camera, they're so they're everything's normal. Practically right? making out, and on camera, you think they're when he gets off distance. camera, he takes a mask off and he's like, oh, so much better. He just, like, releases it at the neckline. He's like, oh, God, I can't breathe yeah. in this bitch. 
He takes off the head like in uh, Total Recall. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Two weeks. So, S- Steve Bannon, who's not Q, on the War Room Pandemic podcast and Sean Hannity on his show both pointed out that black-eyed Biden was back. <laughs> they they want to know how someone who's had some of the most crystal blue... That'd be and, a good band name. I'd even call it Beautiful Eyes of Black-eyed any... Biden. Yeah, of any congressional seat holder over the last five decades all of a sudden goes to like black repto eyes. Just running low on baby blood. Right. You're down about a court. Mm. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> We're high right now, as far as like the show. Hi, how are you? Yeah, exactly. But we're gonna bring it down because I'm gonna play a string of Joe Biden clips over the course of the weekend at the G7 summit, to where it was like not only just gaff laden, absolutely ridiculous stuff. I'm telling you, man, he's having technical difficulties with the earpiece. I, I want you to tell me. No, are you ready to hear this? Yeah. No, you're supposed to tell me no. Oh no. Well, perfect. Let's let's. No, let's... I actually want to hear it. Cause I think it's hilarious. Here we go. Uh, in uh, in Libya, we should be opening up the Libya? The, the the passes to be able to go through and provide uh, provide uh, um, food assistance and economic assi- I mean, vital assistance to uh, a population that's in real trouble. He means Syria. I yeah. think I'm going to try very much hard to. Uh, it, it is. Um, by the way, there's places where. I shouldn't be starting off and negotiating in public here, but let me say it this way. You're right, Nick. Russia has engaged in activities which are, we believe, are contrary to international norms. But they have also um, uh, bitten off some real problems. They're going to have trouble chewing on. What? And for example, He's the an rebuilding of uh, of uh, Syria, of uh, of Libya, of you know, Wait, this what? is it's twice. they're there. And as long as they're there without the ability to bring about some order in the, in the region, and you can't do that very well without providing for the basic economic needs of people. So I'm hopeful that we can find an accommodation that where we can save the lives of people in, for example, in, uh, in Libya. Uh, that-, that was the first one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trust me, it gets worse. Um, right now, Hillary Clinton's like, stop mentioning Libya. We, that it's almost over. Yeah, people have forgotten. Yeah. Listen, when you don't want to be ben a part Gazi. of the global Federal Reserve, <laughs> then you're going to get bayoneted with a uh, uh, AK up your butt like Gaddafi did <laughs> for <laughs> poor guy. Yeesh. Yeah, it's, it's sad, too. That's a hell that, of a way to go. That's a hell of a way to acquire a Stargate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? So... Don't worry, it gets better. I'm just kidding. Here's the next one. Uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, thank you. Uh, Vladimir Putin, who you'll be seeing in a few days in Geneva, said just a couple of days ago that he believed that U.S.-Russia relations were at a low point. Sure are. In what concrete ways could your summit change that? And then secondly, on the same topic, you have said previously and in the run-up to the summit that you would be unafraid to call out Russia's uh, disruptive actions like cyber hacks, Ukraine, election interference but you're not having a joint press conference with Putin. Why not take the chance to stand side by side with him and say those things to him with the world watching? Because Putin would <laughs> slap the shit out of him. Well, let me make it clear. I think he's right it's a low point, and uh, it depends on how he responds to acting consistent with international norms, mm. which in many cases Cultural he has norms. not. As I told him when I was running and when I got elected, before it was, I was uh, sworn in, 
that uh, I was going to find out whether or not he, in fact, did engage in trying to interfere in our election, that I was going to take a look at whether he was involved in the, the uh, um, uh, a cybersecurity breach that occurred, et cetera. And if I did, I was going to respond. I did. I checked it out. So I had access to all the intelligence. You checked it he out. was engaged in those activities. I did respond and made it clear that I'd respond again. With regard to, what? I always found, and uh, I don't mean to suggest that uh, the press should not know, but this is not a contest about who can do better in front of a press conference or try to embarrass each other. Well, it's about making myself very clear are you? what the conditions are to get a better relationship are with Russia. What? We're not looking for conflict. We are looking to resolve those actions which we think are inconsistent with international norms, number one. Number two, where we can work together, we may be able to do that in terms of some strategic doctrine that, that may be able to be worked together. We're ready to do it. And there may be other areas. There's even talk there may be an ability to work together on climate. So the right, bottom line go. is that I think the best way to deal with this is for he and I to meet, he and I to have our discussion. I, I know you... Uh, don't doubt that I'll be very straightforward <laughs> with him about our concerns. We do. And that. I will make clear my view of how that meeting turned out, and he'll make clear how, he, how from his perspective, how it turned out. But I don't want to get into uh, uh, being diverted by uh, did they shake hands, how far did they talk, who talked the most, and the rest. Now, he can say what he said the meeting was about, and I will say what I think the meeting was about. That's, that's how I'm going to handle it. I mean, that I'm gonna, wasn't, I'm that gonna, wasn't terrible. I'm going to swing it right to Anthony and say, <laughs> can you break that down for us, number one? <laughs> number two, what, you know. what was the leader of the free world trying to get a po across Darius' point? Can, can I break it down? Oh, yeah. Get it. So I, I barely made it out of high school. Okay. I'm not I'm not that smart. Uh, I spent a lot of time in front of classrooms giving presentations on some shit that I didn't study that hard for. Right. Like when you got to get up and present oh, yeah. some information that you have no idea what's going on. That's what you sound like. And we have all <laughs> like the book report on the, on the book you didn't read. So that's, that's the, it. That's the guy who starts studying for the you, final exam the night before. You have a book report and you watch the Hollywood version of the movie. You do, the you're, you're just mentioning the title over and over again. You have to do Romeo, and, then, uh, Romeo uh, et cetera, and Juliet. Et cetera. And then, uh, yeah, they did some stuff, et cetera. You know, you know what I'm trying to yeah, say. You right? know the end, you know. <laughs> It'd be like if you had a book report on Romeo and Juliet and you watched like the Leonardo DiCaprio version the night before, and then that was you ever watched that video, that yeah. movie? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and if that was what you reported on the next day and the rest of the class read like Romeo and Juliet, and you're like, yeah, it's not the, the scene same where story. are you saying that <laughs> movie was not accurate? <laughs> well, I'm telling you things that aren't accurate. Is, the worst. is how some of these press statements went on. Unfortunately. And Noah's looking a little sad right now. We're going to continue down this path. <laughs> Albeit briefly, Yeah, we need to hear what the leader of the free world said when he congregated with other leaders of the free world? Question mark? The leader of the free shit world? Right. I, some of my colleagues said to me when I was there was, well, the United States' leadership recognizes there is global warming. Yeah. Um, and I know that sounds silly, but, uh, you know, we had a president in the last who uh, basically said it's not a problem, global warming. It is the existential problem facing humanity. And uh, it's being treated that way. 
So we're going to provide up to $2 billion to support uh, developing company, countries as they transition away from unabated coal-fired power. One of the things this is all at the same time that he's approving actual petroleum gas pipelines throughout Europe and canceling ones here. That he's saying that global warming, semicolon, etc., is the number one extracental threat, existential to humanity. Existential. You know what probably doesn't help uh, global warming is the fact that all that shit's still coming out of the ground here, but it's just being moving trucks. Well, we did make it to a point of where we get a come on, man. Oh, I love yes. the come on, man. Yeah, we did. Come that's on, another. Man. That's another good uh, text, <laughs> text message alert. They tone. Come on, man. They continued to pepper man. him with their because after that they were basically like, really, like all the stuff that's going on right now. And global warming is going to be the number one I, threat I, to humanity. I do like that he's getting softballed a lot less. I mean, they're still softballing the like shit out the of him. I do like the fact that other but, reporters are waking up to the fact yeah. that this guy's an idiot. Well, speaking of it, are you ready for the Biden mic drop? He did do a mic drop. Maybe the contract where they were getting paid extra to be nice to him like just ended or something. You ready? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah so it's it. called the honeymoon period. Yeah, Trump yeah, yeah. get one. Yeah, well, this is how the honeymoon phase ended. <laughs> the, uh, G7, G7 summit this weekend conversations with European allies who are very concerned about these sanctions. How do you justify that? And what are your plans? 120 days. Give me a break. Need time. And he literally walked away. (laughs) Wow. If Trump would have done that, people would have started rioting. No, I mean, that's literally how he ended his press conference. And as he walked away, people were like, but wait, you can't just say that. And he's like, 120 days. Where where is she? Give me a break. Where is Harvey Dent? So two hundred and forty days. Give me a break. Three hundred and sixty-five days. <laughs> Forty-four yeah, years. It's been <laughs> eighty-four years. So, so it's pretty safe to say that the G summit. I've was only a been in government for forty years. Give me a break. And that the only thing that came out of it is that America is now last again, and we've committed to pay for everything in the world that they want. We are the world's checkbook. As we continue to bankrupt our country, we yeah, we're authorizing them to do the same shit that we just said we can't do here. Yes, that is correct. Um, yeah, it was. Oh my god, it was one of those things. So, you know the thing. So the Bidens hopped on a plane. It's like a bad outtake from Multiplicity, and they went from Biden family vacation, right? The UK to Brussels yeah. for some NATO summits. Just can't get left, right? Another thing that's absolutely worthless. What do you think world. he watches on the plane? Is it like Magic School Bus reruns, or do you think he watches SpongeBob? They have to dumb it down for him. It's not like they can play like the news. I'm thinking musicals, probably some musicals. Uh, here's a rerun of Annie from the fifties. I think they just have a room where they just let the clones fight for exercise. <laughs> I just feel like they're they're probably like we ran out of like land before time you know, like, tapes to play for him American Gladiator traveling. like the foam fucking so like, you got you got, yeah. you got the grouchy one you got the black eyed one yeah. you have the one that was at the actual presidential debates you have salute the Marines ones yeah there's there's, <laughs> there's like four or five of them maybe they fight for like who gets to do the press conference and that's why we keep getting a different one what do you think his favorite movie is I sure as hell hope not so, um uh, National Treasure Bill and, okay. <laughs> Probably American History X. <laughs> the, 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 the press, however, was not going to let this whole Russia-U.S. sit-down meeting go. And that was pretty much the number one talking point of um, the NATO 
summit went, Biden went, regardless of what they talked about, us refunding NATO and them not paying their fair share. Uh, the reporters did kind of get into it with him over this whole non-romance that he's having with the Russian president. So I, I think it's important that we hear, you know, his reaction to what they say to, you know, their questions in regarding his sit down coming today or tomorrow with with uh, President Putin of uh, Russia. Sir, good evening. Thank you. Um, in a weekend interview, Vladimir Putin laughed at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer? And I'll continue the trend if you don't mind of asking a second question. Do you believe if he does agree to cooperate, then what kind of a challenge do you find yourself in? How would you ever trust him? What's that even And if Ronald mean? Reagan said, trust but verify, what do you say to Vladimir Putin? <laughs> answer the first question <laughs> I'm laughing too they actually uh, does him and Kamala well, know that look, that's not an I answer I mean he has made clear that uh, uh, I'm not pausing it he's resetting Control. The answer and there is, we are I believe he is in the past essentially acknowledged that he was uh, are certain things that he would do or did do. But look, um, when I was asked that question on air, I answered it honestly. But it's not much of a, I, I, I don't think it matters a whole lot in terms of this next meeting we're about to have. The second question was, I'd verify first and then trust. In other words, everything would have to be shown to be actually occurring. So a so, reporter asked him a two-part intelligent question. Yeah. He laughed, reset for 12 seconds well, of complete silence. Using the Kamala playbook there. And then went into a non-answer and then said, what did you say for the second question? And then gave another non-answer. How many times do you think he took a dump in his diaper? Well, it's it's like the guy, whoever was running the earpiece, like, to feed him the information that he's supposed to be giving was, like, eating a bite of a sandwich. Oh, fuck. Like, shit. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm chewing. He Biden just starts moving his mouth <laughs> in front of the microphone. This is, this is delicious. What? Is there really an earpiece, though? There's got to be. There's no fucking way that guy can go out. And, like, some of the other... Not uh, only can he not do it, there's no way they would let him try. Yeah, and some of the... Some of the I don't know if it was interviews or or back in the when he was doing like the debates and stuff like that. He was coming up with just random fucking names of people that there's no goddamn way that guy is going to remember any of these fucking names. And he's like, "Yeah, fucking uh, Kelly Anderson and blah blah blah." It's like, "What the fuck? Where did that come from?" Well, we've kind of built it up to this point. We have non-answers. We yep. have pay for everything. Yep. We have mic drop. Oh yeah. We have cackling. Come on, man. Come on, man. What better way to well, Bedwetter? To round third and head home was to push the coronavirus vaccine on the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Here we go. Lost lives because of COVID-19 in America. My heart goes out to all those who've lost a loved one. I know that black hole that seems to consume you, that fills up your chest when you lose someone that's close to you that you adored. That's why I continue to say to America, 
If you've not been vaccinated, get vaccinated. Get vaccinated as soon as possible. We have plenty vaccinations, plenty of sites. We have more work to do to beat this virus. And now's not the time to let our guard down. So please, please get vaccinated as soon as possible. We've had enough pain. What the fuck does that mean? So... No, he took that world stage and made no inference to China at all. I wish we would have more of, like... I wish the American people were more apt to read, like, global headlines from other newspapers. Because I bet you in other countries they're just wiping the floor with his performance. Well, then what? You know, and, and Cuomo's going to directly contradict what he's saying too, like. But but just as a just as a performer, like Anthony was saying earlier, like you got you always knew your buddy when he went up to present something, and right. you're like, oh god, Jared didn't do shit to prepare for this, and it looks horrible. Like, if you, I bet you, if you just if we are able to just fly around the world right now and just pick up random newspapers in random cities of different countries, and it, you'd be like Biden. I mean, their version of what happened is going to be so different than, like, how American liberal news media is going to portray it. Because they're going to always portray it as a win. Yeah. Biden brought out vaccination, how important it is. And it's like, you know, we talked earlier about vaccination. I don't know if there's poison in it. I don't know if there's some secret agenda. You know, there's all these crazy talks about people becoming sterile, like, overnight. And, and all these conspiracy theories. Yeah, and, and I don't know if that's true. The fact that this guy wasted valuable time to say you need to get vaccinated immediately right now and it's like look dude do you think that that guy gives a shit whether people die or not at the end of the night he's not losing sleep over that the fact that he's pushing it so hard for me makes me take take a step back and go okay he's pushing vaccination kamala harris is pushing vaccination our liberal governor is pushing it all the liberal politicians are pushing that for what why there has to be some sort of other agenda yeah it makes total sense and uh, lack thereof for the performance that he gave over the course of the weekend. I just think that it's one of those things where, you know, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. It's, it's a large grain of salt. Well, is he going to address what Cuomo said? He probably doesn't know what Cuomo yeah, said. Well, as far I as mean, we would know, they Cu- be like, Cuomo's well, kinda- you know, we don't agree with, uh, you know, what some of the governors are saying. Isn't Cuomo in the timeout for the 17 sexual allegations that were made against him in the addition sausage. to... Nursing home scandals? He'll be all right. Garlic sauce. Yeah. Oh, he'll be all right. They, they control the media. I was going to say that about if you could travel around the world. Like, you act like the people that are controlling the media in the United States aren't controlling the media around the planet. No, that's true. That's they're true. they're that clapping true. for this dude, and he very clearly has no idea what's going on. Donald Trump didn't know what's going on because he'd never been in politics before. Okay. Joe Biden don't know what's going on. Because he doesn't know what's going on in reason. general. <laughs> exactly. Don't hate it. Yeah. So, Nick? No, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just so funny that people are still behind this guy. Like, Biden's doing a great job. And like, what has he done? And they're like, uh. Well, those, uh. Are just, those are just the true believers that doesn't matter what the actual facts are. It's my team's winning. That's all that matters. I'm going to rationalize everything that happens because it's my fucking team. Yeah, and it's, it is frustrating when you – and it's, it's a waste of time, literally, to try and talk to these people and go – you know, what policy are you a big fan of? What what are you championing that he's writing the legislation? What do you like about Kamala Harris? And then they're like, nothing. 
She's well, black. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, so well, I mean, I, I I'm sorry. I gotta I gotta touch it interject. because it's it's super frustrating for me because I know what it is. I know what it is. Everybody is so attached to, to their race and their gender and their identity that they just want somebody in there that makes them feel good. I could stand around and listen to this guy accidentally slip and say things that make me know what he feels about me. Right. And yeah. I don't care what Joe Biden feels about me, but he's very clearly thinks less of somebody with my skin tone. And he says it all the time by accident. Wait, do you have an ID? What would you say? Do you have an ID? It was hard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you wait? <laughs> do you know how to use the Internet and or get a lawyer if you need one? No, no. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> but but honestly, he, and those are the kind of things where he he's trying. He tries to hide the way that he feels mm -hmm. but the media has his back and they spin it into a way that makes it okay and i don't care about it's hard to explain fiscal policy it's hard to explain liberty and freedom and 30 second sound bites which is why i started a podcast so when he says nice things they just run the nice things for yep. 30 seconds and everybody feels good and then they go and vote for him period yeah. that's it regardless of if he's doing bad things while circumventing the nice things he's just saying Right. It's obviously hurting people in the black community, period. There's no school choice. There's no none of that. Hey, ask all those people who voted for that uh, student loan forgiveness. How they're oh. doing right now. <laughs> I have a, um, a legitimate question, Anthony. As someone that's in the black community that's not part of the status quo, do you feel ostracized? Have you felt ostracized in any form of coming out? And like you said, you're not a diehard Trump supporter. You're not a diehard Biden supporter. But... Libertarian values. Libertarian even is against a lot of times Logical. the norm of the black community. Do you, have you felt ostracized? Have you felt any sort of backlash in that sense? So not from people that I know, right? Not from friends and family. Like we keep it pushing. We have we have good conversations, whatever. But don't you, black people tell me the most racist shit ever on Instagram. Like yeah. don't get me started on that. But people that I know, my friends, my family, like, I've always been like this. So right. it's nothing. Yeah. The people that weren't going to be my friends aren't my friends. And fuck them. Yeah. That's, that's a real good point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, before you have any sort of logical discussion with somebody, you almost just have to take a baseline and just be like, you you start a conversation with somebody new, you kind of have to just, like, you know, like, drop little things that just kind of gauge, like, where, where they're at. at. Like, yeah. man, I'm really tired of this mask nonsense. And see, like, like is there a dramatic pause? Like, do yeah. they... Well, no, I think the master, like, or if they're just like, yeah, it's such a pain in the ass. Like, I'm so sick oh, of it. That's, it's that's, over. That's what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. I put on my, my hat, says Uncle Tom across. Uh, oh. <laughs> says Uncle Tom across <laughs> and we're there. I, there ain't no, yeah. there's no ice breaking over here. I, yeah. too much. I can't. <laughs> well, you know what things do or have broke the ice over the last couple of days? We're getting into Stop the Steal right now, and we are at the conclusion of the forensic audit in Maricopa County. Um, now the ballot recount begins and should be done in four to five days. So essentially we're at the end of the forensic audit, which shows like the watermarks, which shows like the signature verification, which matches numbers to envelopes and signatures and addresses and all that stuff. And now we're just actually going through like an, a recount of those ballots that were audited, going through the machines to get a va uh, ballot total. Um, one American news is reported. And it has been, I would say, pseudo-leaked that there are 250 ballots less than the 2.2 million ballots 
that were recorded on November 3rd. How many? 250,000. That's uh, substantial. That are not accounted for. Did I see something about they were finding blank ballots, too? Yeah. It's one of those things that, that kind of just showed up in the boxes. And they also found boxes where they would have, let's just say you get a box off the pallet. The, ba- the box says you have 800 ballots in this box. They would open up the box, and there'd be 500 ballots in there. But the total is for 800 ballots. Should we cue the active shooter now or wait? Does the box week? say who those votes were for? Like, are there a specific, oh, I don't know, choice that are missing out of those boxes? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about a candidate who didn't campaign at all, right? Um, contrast that with someone who had two rallies in the state the week of the presidential election and a 94-mile car rally. In addition to a state that hasn't voted blue... Not Jeeps. ...since 1948. Wow. wow going, that's, go, that's a little while. It's been a minute going for Joe Biden. So we will get those results, and those results will be presented first at the state level and then pushed to the federal. Um, however, there has been some blowback over the course of the last couple days. Um, former Supreme Court nominee, now... Revenge porn attorney general. Wow. Merrick Garland released a statement last week, I believe on Friday, in regards to um, what's going on with the forensic audits. And all of a sudden, after the election, when states tried to federally uh, mobilize and the Supreme Court turned them down because they said states that got together in lawsuits can't be presented to the Supreme Court because states have their own rights and therefore blah, blah, blah with the election. Now the federal government is trying to interfere with the forensic audit, which, and I need everybody to just take a step back and listen to about what these forensic audits are. Because when you see them in the mainstream media, you're talking about Rachel Maddow, Don Lamont, um, Anderson Cooper. We even had uh, Acosta on making fun of these audits. Number one, the info that goes into these audits is first presented before a federal judge at the state level, okay? And those judges approve it. You can't be an elected official, let's just say in Arizona, and say, you want to know what? I think there was fraud in the 2020 presidential election. I am going to go and look at the ballots and tell everybody what I think I feel. You have to petition this before a judge. The judge has to be presented with some kind of a case. And at the end of the day, that case needs to be either given the green light or the red light. In Arizona, those claims that the state legislator made said what happened and the judge agreed with them. So therefore, the forensic audit is taking place. It's number one, official. Number two, legal. Okay, so the results that come out of that will be presented before a judge, and that judge will, in turn, decide on whether or not the findings that they have will be legitimate or not, which I'm assuming they will be. Let's just say 2.2 million ballots were counted on election night, and only 2 million ballots are actually there. That would raise some red flags and concerns. But now, interfering with state rights, we have the Attorney General of the United States trying to, I would say... Reverse voter intimidate auditors? Because that's, huh? that's basically what it is, right? You have the auditors trying to get to the bottom of what happened in the 2020 election in Maricopa County, and then you have the attorney general kind of interfering with this, and he released a statement the other day, I believe it was on Friday of last week, talking about possible consequences for stuff that's going on that only has to do with state rights. Let's hear what he had to say. 
same scrutiny to post-election audits to ensure they abide by federal statutory requirements to protect election records and avoid the intimidation of voters. In that regard, we will publish guidance explaining the civil and criminal statutes that apply to post-election audits. And we will likewise publish guidance with respect to early voting and voting by mail. We will... They know, and that's panic. Yeah. That's literally what that is. Um, there was a statement released from the Arizona Secretary of State, and he was, number one, I would say displeased with Mayor Carlin's comments in regards to uh, the forensic audit that's wrapping up in Arizona right now, and he wrote, I would say, I would consider it scathing, uh, reply to some of the... Uh, comments that he made in regards to that um you know it, it's just one of those things to where these people are trying to not at the expense of the american taxpayer and privately get to the bottom of what happened and the attorney the attorney general there last name uh bronovich in arizona he issued a statement to the department of justice namely merrick garland saying my office is not amused by the DOJ's posturing and will not tolerate any effort to undermine or interfere with our state Senate's audit. Yeah. Again, state Senate voted on it, presented it before a judge, and it was legally granted to happen. Now, also remember in Arizona, especially Maricopa County, the judge who said the audit was good to go stepped down and was replaced with an extremely liberal judge who reviewed the information and said, although I don't agree with what's going on, I see no evidence to stop this recount yeah. and this audit. So that's kind of where we're at. And he issued a statement to Merrick Garland um, on Saturday that said, late last week you made troubling comments about the ongoing efforts to ensure election integrity in Arizona. Your statements displayed alarming disdain for the state sovereignty as defined under the 10th Amendment of the United States Constitution and the election provisions in Article 1 and 2, things that were argued during Stop the Steal and presented to the Supreme Court. Your comments followed a May 5 letter that uh, Pamela Carlin of the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division on the subject of Arizona State Senate oversight of the Maricopa County audit. This letter to appear um, more interested in supporting the hysterical outcries of the leftist pundits on the cable television news networks rather than the rule of law. Wow. <coughs> they, he kind of got into like a Donald Trump style. <laughs> Donald Trump style, uh, you know, rant here. He said, my office is not amused by the DOJ's posturing and will not tolerate any effort to undermine or interfere with the state Senate's audit to reassure Arizonians. Real word. Um, of the accuracy of our elections. He goes on to say there are no issues more important than for states to prioritize the integrity of our elections. This is the uh, cornerstone of the republic, uh, binding together with the people's trust in the whole of government. And said, my office looks for ways to alongside, for alongside the federal government to uphold the laws within and contain uh, things which are upheld in the 10th Amendment uh, and in the election process of Articles 1 and 2. I have demonstrated several times, however, Arizonans will not sit back and let the Biden administration abuse its authority, refuse to uphold laws, and an attempt to commandeer the state's sovereignty. Respectfully, 
the Arizona State Attorney General. Respectfully. So, you know, he kind of issued a, a, a recant to that. And I know a lot of people who are on the outside of our community think, like, they see Mike Lindell or General Flynn sitting in pow, or, you know, even um, Linwood on TV saying that these audits are important. The mainstream media, especially on the left, tries to tie the election uh, audit integrity to those people, those characters, those faces, when that's not necessarily the point. The fact of the matter is that, you know, these things were presented uh, first to the Arizona state legislator, which raised their concerns to a judge in the state who granted the audit to be able to happen. I can't reiterate that enough that anyone who thinks these audits that are going on right now are, number one, illegitimate, number two, don't mean anything. Uh, need to understand that these are going through an actual legal process and their outcome will at the end determine on what the states do in regards to these final election vote tallies. Yeah, people are acting like this is just some fucking rogue, like people showed up in a van, it's like, hey, we're going to count this shit real quick. Like, no, this is like fully sanctioned, good to go. Well, that's what the news keeps saying, right? You turn on the news, they keep saying that it's some joke of uh, recount and don't get me wrong, I'm not... I don't give a shit. I don't think the federal government will ever tell us that that election was stolen True. and that they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to happen. But the news says over and over and over about how it's a bullshit recount and yep. it's just a bunch of crazy white supremacists, terrorists trying to take over the country, which makes me think that it's probably not true because whatever the fuck you say is not true. Yeah. Excellent point. I mean, the name of the company is unfortunate for sounding 100% like you know what, you don't like the cyber ninjas i do like cyber ninjas but it's just like it sounds like a joke if you're trying to like make a joke about something like yeah the fucking cyber ninjas it like, sounds like south south park's interpretation of what's going on i tell you and i implore i've sent it to both of you this yeah week. no yeah did you guys watch it yep anthony I, I don't know if you're a fan of south park or not but have you ever seen the election integrity episode I haven't. I stopped watching South Park when every episode was about Donald Trump. True story. I'm gonna have to. Se- I'm gonna have to send you this because yeah, there's this there's an episode good. where where Cartman literally steals all the votes from the swing states, and when the rest of the gang confronts him, he's like, "Oh yeah, this was so and so. He voted in uh, Iowa. His he probably thought his vote would count, and he just like rips it in half." Yeah. And it goes on down this big rabbit uh-huh. hole of like Disney being involved and wanting all the swing state votes back so they can have their like. This is the person who probably drove across town. Yeah, his vote mattered, and then he just rips it in half. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's from. Unfortunately, it's from 2008. So that predictive Whoa. programming and cinematic conditioning, which we are trying to patent right yeah. now. Um, let's just take a quick poll before I get into our next commentary. Steve Bannon, not Q. Me, yes, no. Wait, you think he is? Not Q. Yeah, you just said yes. Okay, no, no. Nick, negative. Anthony. You don't want to hear my opinion. Perfect. Well, let's let's hear Steve Bannon what he had to say in regards to Mayor Garland. Shut these things down. We got to shut Arizona down before they canvas. Put out there. We're going to put forward. He said we're going to promulgate the criminal statute, the criminal statute, to make sure that every patriot in this country understands that if you try to get to the bottom as a patriot, if you under the complete authorization of a duly elected and constitutional body, which is the state senate of Arizona by its constitution and by the United States Constitution that you're a criminal. And Wendy Rogers, we're gonna get it, we're gonna get Fincherman in the next segment. Wendy Rogers, the great little tough pilot, Air Force pilot, state senator, ran for Congress, state senator now, she put out a tweet and said, hey, Merrick Garland, if you come out here against the Senate of Arizona, you put your hand on a ballot, you try to put your hand on a machine, you start to stop this canvas, you, sir, are gonna 
end up in an Arizona prison. So Merrick Garland, why don't you book the 310 to Yuma right now? No. Because there is under no, there's no possibilities, brother, that you're going to stop this. And let me just say this again. There is zero chance the Biden administration is going to be, the mask is going to be ripped off. You're going to be exposed for the exact illegitimate phonies you are. And Merrick Garland, you little wimp, you can come out there to that microphone <laughs> all you want. Take the 310 to Yuma, Bubba. So there was Steve Bannon, not Q, weighing in, and uh, kind of a fiery statement from the podcast host, one of the most popular in the country right now, um, to where he kind of retorted the statements from the attorney general um, and his meddling in state rights. So there's that. You know who else kind of weighed in this week? We, oh. haven't, we haven't heard him on the show in a while. Um Alex Jones? Yeah. So from the man who brought us gay frogs, he kind of weighed in <laughs> on everything from the G7 through the AG's comments and had a little message for those who were in the great global cabal. There's no way I'm rolling over this thing, and I know you're not either, but this is it. This is the big takeover. World government, forced inoculation. Mark of the Beast, pedophile takeover. I mean, it's just every demon on earth turned loose against decent people. But I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm scared for those that chose the wrong side because God is going to take his time tearing you to pieces. God's watching. <laughs> Nick, did you miss him? Yeah, it's good to hear. I like him wiping his face with a rag like he's just all fucking fired up and sweaty. <laughs> Anthony, how do you feel about the uh, great Alex Jones? I think he's a great entertainer. Sure a lot is. of the things that he says you should look into, uh, it's based in half-truths, but he's very entertaining to listen to. Yeah, yeah, what he does is he leads you to the rabbit hole, and then it's your decision on whether or not you want to do the actual research and kind of see if what he's talking about is merely an exaggeration or if there's other stuff behind. It should underlying. at least motivate you to not take everything you see on the news and on Facebook, social media, for canon you know like he says stuff and like anthony said sometimes it is half truths and then every once in a while he'll hit the mark 100 percent, and he's like yeah i told you and then you know then it gives him validity when he does speak i mean you got to weed through the craziness the gay frogs and the humanzy conspiracy he spat out you know some of that stuff you're like all right but you know when huge events that are going to alter basically like the trajectory of our country are coming out and he's preaching against a different narrative, it is healthy to look at the opposite side. And especially now, I think if you were to survey Americans, I, th I would think over half would probably say that the media is manipulative and that it's not, you know, 100% accurate. You have people that are sheep that are just going to read the newspaper or see the news or see the clickbait stuff on Facebook and believe it for what it's worth. But then, you know, majority of Americans at this point in our nation's history are finally like, yeah, the media is like super corrupt. It's garbage. Whether you're on the right or left, I think a lot of people are um, kind of waking up to that. But when Alex Jones comes out and spits a different narrative, and then you look at him, you're like, oh, that does kind of make sense. You know, follow the money. He always says that. And then you look at like the Hillary Clinton stuff and all the pieces he's putting together because Alex Jones doesn't just like throw random like conspiracies here and there. He paints a broader picture and all the conspiracies that he talks about kind of fits into the narrative that he 
talks about like a new world order and all that stuff and all kind of everything that he talks about has its piece in the bigger picture of kind of his uh outlook on where we're at I agree. Well, yeah. if you if you watch him on Joe Rogan, you see a couple of times Joe Rogan Google's this shit and he's like, "Hold on, wait a minute. Yeah, no really? way. Yeah. I thought that shit was uh and then what's his name? Uh Joe Rogan's friend, Jamie. Jamie. Yep. Jamie's like, "No, nah, that's real, man. Like I pulled it up. It's right here." And they yeah. have a couple of moments like that it's on like, there where they're just all bitch. looking at each other like, "I thought you were just a crazy gay frog guy." <laughs> yeah, crazy lunatic that just goes off. But yeah, like I said, you know, when he has validity behind him. There's things that he's predicted. And there's even things where he or nowadays exposed. he's retracted. Like, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. Or I was wrong on that. Like, he's not afraid to admit when he misses the mark, which is no news media ever there's does that. There's <laughs> definitely a majority of the stuff that he said that has literally come true, though. It's fucking yeah, and wild. That's, that's the crazy and part. And that's why is, you're just like, what the fuck? Like, what yeah. kind of crazy world are we living you're in? You're a wizard, Harry. Yeah. No. <laughs> just people don't like it when you say that a bunch of kids that got shot were actors and... Nobody's yeah. actually grieving over yeah. their lost children. That's what happened to the dude. Yeah. Yep. We've looked down that rabbit hole as well. And it's yeah. still- well, people forget that he got banned from like social media and a lot of internet platforms way before Trump did. He was like the original, oh, I can't have a YouTube channel anymore, <laughs> or Facebook or Twitter or any of that. You know, he got banned a, while, a long time ago. So moving on to Georgia, which. I predict will be the next official forensic audit in the 2020 election. Um, there appears to be uh, a little bit of a snag in the subpoenas that went out to Ruby Freeman, Shamos, and Ralph Jones, most notably known for the trio of election workers who pulled the Pelican boxes out from underneath the uh, tables in the vote tabulation room. <laughs> On November 3rd, after they sent everybody home due to a water main break that never happened. And ran ballots through the machines in excess of 10 times a piece. That's a bit much. Yeah. Uh, Judge Amaro, great friend of the show, even though we don't know him. That would make sense for the number of ballots not matching up with the box, too. Right. Has given them a little bit of an extension to give their videotape dispositions onto what exactly happened that night um, for reasons yet unknown to the public. So it looks like a forensic audit is going to be starting there within the next week and a half, definitely before the start of July. And um, a whistleblower has come forward over the last 48 hours from the group of people who work the election in Georgia um, she admits that chain of custody documents are missing for 2020 absentee ballots deposited in drop boxes, the Zuckerberg, the Lizardberg boxes, <laughs> where the free-for-all mail-in and absentee ballots were allowed to be collected and then added to the original totals of the votes on election day. Um, the total number of absentee ballots whose chain of custody was purportedly documented in the 385 missing Fulton County, which includes Atlanta, absentee ballot transfer forms was over 18,900 more than 6,000 votes greater than the less 12,000 vote margin of Biden certified victory in the 2020 presidential election um, this is something that Governor Brian Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger has adamantly denied until this week looks pretty uh interesting when you kind of get into it um 
Brad Raffensperger issued some statements yesterday via tweet just to think that this isn't a conspiracy theory and that these things really aren't going on. Um, he pretends he was unaware of the missing chain of custody documents in his state, first of all. Awkward. After him and Brian Kemp went and tried to bait Donald Trump into that phone call where they alleged Donald Trump said to find missing ballots, and then when the actual transcript of the ballots is released through the Washington Post, you find out that it was kind of a back-and-forth conversation. Oh, the transcript of the call, you mean. Right, where, where Donald Trump kind of reiterates the fact that if you don't have these chain-of-custody documents, and how can you legitimately count and state-certify these votes to send on to the Electoral College, to which Brad Raffensperger and Brian Kemp had no answer for. Yeah, chain-of-custody, that's something that happens a lot in court, where chain-of-custody, even on something like a freaking rape test kit or something like that, like it gets thrown out because chain-of-custody is not... Validated yeah. or it's messed up, Correct. Or skewed. So we can Which all are be why in- drop boxes are a terrible idea. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think the four of us right now could be in agreement on the mainstream media platform only. Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger have gone out press conference after press conference and said that there was no fraud, there was no lack of chain of command, and this was included in the Custody. safest and secure election in the history of the Republic until yesterday. Brad Raffensperger issued two tweets. The first one. New revelations that Fulton County is unable to produce all ballot drop box transfer documents will be investigated thoroughly. As we have with other counties have, that have failed to follow Georgia rules and regulations regarding drop boxes. This cannot continue. He went on to retweet that tweet with another extension. Restoring the confidence of our elections. Huge red flag right there. Um, is impossible as long as Fulton County, which includes Atlanta. Election leadership continues to fail the voters of Fulton County, which includes Georgia, uh, Atlanta, and the voters of Georgia. They need new leadership to step up and take charge. So these are the things that Donald Trump um, conspiracy theoretically railed on yeah. from November 3rd up through the 7th and all the way up to January 20th, right, on Inauguration Day that supposedly never happened. And these guys did press conference after press conference. They said... Um, Jovan Pulitzer, who hacked the Dominion voting machines in real time during a press conference via his cell phone. And all of these other things, they have pictures of uh, a Dominion high-ranking staffer going in on election night, in addition to the Pelican Box ballot recount tabulation thing. Going in, excusing a poll worker from a computer, pulling out a USB strip, doing some work on the computer, saving it on the USB strip, putting the USB strip in his pocket, and then leaving the vote counting. Is that room. the one where they, they palmed it like all yes, and sketchily? That was the one where actually Feet Sniffing Ron Watkins released via his social media and doxed that guy basically, not as a dox of a public private, or uh, I'm sorry, a private person, a private citizen, but as a Dominion staffer. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, these are all things that seemed like conspiracy theorists, crackpot stuff maybe even just weeks ago are now coming to fruition where you have. Them saying it's a huge QAnon movement, it's a Michael Flynn, Mike Lindell bullshit thing, it's a Cyber Ninjas, we're going to make fun of the Cyber Ninjas even though they're a legitimate company that's been around for almost two decades. And now it's the Secretary of State of the actual Secretary of State of Georgia coming out and be like, well, I guess we can't really do election integrity now if, if we don't have all these fucking papers that I said existed all the way up to when we certified them in the Electoral College. So you're saying it was not the most secure election in history? <laughs> I don't know, Anthony, what do you think? Safest and most secure election in history of the Republic, as per nope. the uh, head of cybersecurity of DHS, yes or no? I've, no. No. I, I said since 
Donald Trump was saying, uh, you mail in all those ballots, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. There's a lot of people, I'm not talking about fraud, anything like that. Drop boxes, things get lost. You mail them in. You can, they destroy ballots left and right. Oh, I don't know if this is your signature, whatever, your voice isn't heard. And people lose confidence in the le- in the election system. Yeah, and we pretty- see what happens when people lose confidence in the police. Yeah. Right. Now imagine extrapolate that out to the entire country, the federal system. Terrible idea. That's yeah, a, that's an excellent analogy. And I the mean, post office's fucking track record for just losing everything. Hey, you have. Well, let's just let's just compare <laughs> to the two biggest issues of the 2020 election. You have ballot integrity and coronavirus PCR tests set up to in the beginning of covid. Right. Forty percent, which gives you almost in the 90th percentile of false positives. Correct. Convenient. Yeah, and then you have the ballot signature verification in states that require it set up to like 60%. When in elections prior, you had it set to like less than 10%, which means you're getting, you could just write a freaking line or you've had senators go out and, and, and try to verify this through the, the signature verification system that they use where you had a senator write Santa Claus and it verified his signature. Mm-hmm. So he was Santa Claus. Right. So these things were turned up to give you ridiculous margins and that's kind of what we found out with. Um, House Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ooh. pretty based, Yeah. Uh, took to the news this week to talk about some of that stuff that's going on in Georgia right now. Let's hear what she had to say about it. Yeah, this yeah. has to do with the 2020 election. You probably know about it. Well, you know about the 2020 election, don't we all? Yes. Uh, but take a look at this uh, headline. This is the Georgia election official now acknowledging a chain of custody, custody documents are actually missing from the 2020 absentee ballots. And that gets to about 18,000 or so absentee ballots. Biden won the state, won, a lot of people putting that in air quotes, by 12,000 votes. This potentially seems like a, a, a game changer. Media is ignoring it. Well, the media wants to ignore it, yeah. but this is a real issue. Fulton County, there. I've, I've talked to a lot of people, and mm-hmm. I'm very interested in that case. Mm-hmm. And I tell you why. Real election fraud occurred, and I very much look forward to seeing the evidence come out. I've already talked to people. I've seen some of it. Mm-hmm. There, It is a big deal. You think and, it's going to get bigger then? Oh, I think this one's going to explode. Mm. And there's, you know... Atlanta is located in Fulton County. And if you're like me, I have lived in Georgia my entire life. And you know Fulton County has a lot of problems. And that is not just about our uh, November 2020 election for Mm -hmm. the president and our two Senate seats. That goes all the way into the city of Atlanta. So I, I am I am on board and watching that one big time. Uh, we've got less than two minutes left. What, what's okay. your sense of what the DOJ and Merrick Garland are doing? They, apparently, they're sending out lawyers. They're they're making the Arizona audit into this whole big deal. What, what what's why are they doing this, uh, Marjorie? Well, Tyler, I right? think they're very concerned. Uh, they're, he, maybe he's concerned mm. about his new job, wouldn't you think? Mm. So mm. if you won by 81 million votes mm-hmm. and, and you won that big, mm-hmm. especially after no one came out for excitement for you, would you be concerned about election audits? No. Nope. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But evidently, um, there's big pressure coming from the top, telling the Department of Justice, mm-hmm. telling Merrick Garland, you got to keep your eye on the ball here, and the ball sure is bouncing around a lot, and I just cannot wait to see where it lands. What do you think about that, Anthony? I mean, there wasn't too many things that she conspiracy theoried in there. She just talked about a legitimate whistleblower's claims about the chain of command, which coincided Custody. with... Yeah, the 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 <laughs> comes actu- out naturally. Right, the actual Secretary of State of Georgia coming out and reiterating these facts that he's 
disappointed in the fact that they didn't do what they were supposed to do in November. And now it looks like based on the outcome of the Maricopa County audits, which we're going to be getting in the next few days, we might be rolling right into one in um, Fulton County, Georgia as well. Yeah, I, I think that it's like the, the Wuhan lab. I think that it's it's I mean, we covered it at the top of the show, right? All of these things that were crazy, white supremacist, terrorist, conspiracy theory, because that was just the trend leading into the election. We are going to call these people crazy conspiracy theorists, white supremacists. That's what we're going to do until they no longer have any clout. And then January 6th, I forget the day, happened and they're foaming at the mouth. They can't they can't wait to show everybody that they're crazy white supremacist conspiracy theorists. They count the ballots. They of course, it was free and fair and then as the story starts to uh, develop you'll hear it on late night tv they'll start joking about it more they'll make it normalized they'll make it seem like this is the way that it they have always thought and the crazy right wingers never mentioned this before it's just the way it works it's been happening yeah you know it's pretty funny in the last 24 hours you have former um fbi head andy mccabe Go on CNN and tell them they aren't sure what the motive was when a Russiagate truther and Bernie Sanders supporter shot up a Republican congressional baseball practice a few years ago. Legitimately. Really? In regards to January 6th. Piggybacking on that, President Vladimir Putin of Russia weighed in this week and asked what the deal was with the human rights violations when it comes to the people being imprisoned for January 6th. Yeah, did you order the execution of that woman? Or, yeah, exactly. What the Her assassination? Dis- what the disposition on Ashley Babbitt was. So, so that's also kind of interesting that we're, we're kind of getting, you know, stuff from that angles. And then just kind of wrapping up Stop the Steal, Dr. Kelly Ward, who's one of the prominent powers in Arizona this week, uh, released a statement this morning talking about everyone who's been through the audit train in Arizona. And these are elected officials. These aren't conspiracy theorists. This isn't Mike Lindell. This isn't Donald Trump. No General Flynn. No Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. I like it. That's a new one. Um, Now, he's actually done it before, but it was kind of weird the first time, but it rolls off the tongue this time. (laughs) Right? Or any of these people voting through. These are elected, elected state representatives from the states of Washington, Georgia, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Michigan, South Carolina, and Missouri have all recently visited and toured the first full forensic audit of an American election. That's 13 states in all. The Arizona audit is soon to be America's audits, with Arizona leading the way to hashtag election integrity in America. I would love election integrity. So, and this, this kind of piggybacks into the thing where Mike Lindell has said he's approached some of the states where Donald Trump had won comfortably just to see if there's any point shaving in regards to the Dominion voting machines and the mail-in ballots in states where even though the laws were a little tighter, you could still do a little sneaky sneaky. So, I'm going to take a quick poll. I think I know pretty much the answers. The uh, topic is 80 million votes, and the answer is yes or no. Me? No. Noah? Negative. Noah? Negative. You said Nick? No. Okay. Yeah. No, sir. <laughs> Anthony. Hard to believe. Perfect. Hard pass. That's not echo chamber. That's just people kind of reading the numbers. We kind of broke it down today. Hard no. I'm going to go back to Jordan Pulitzer, who's one of the most brilliant men in the history of our country, right? Pulitzer. Where does that name sound familiar from? 
not the prize one that people win for inventing the 1619 project. Um, <laughs> but the actual person said there was a one in one quadrillion chance based off the statistical information <laughs> that, that Joe Biden won the 2020 presidential election. Wait, say that again. One in one quadrillion chance. I didn't even know that was a number. Yep. I knew I knew fafillion was a number. That's, Believe it or not, it is in low. quantum physics. That's but low. yeah, quadrillion is even higher. Quadrillion. Yeah, fafillion is one. Fafillion is a real number. That comes after quadrillion. Before. So uh, here you go. Right now you're talking about. Don't fa- waste your time. No, fafillion. The numbers. <laughs> fafillion is like Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh-huh. Quadrillion is like Quantum Mania, the movie that's coming out in 2023. It's a Marvel movie. Yeah. Mm. It's a new Avengers arc. Spoiler it's alert. Tony Hark. It's Tony Stark. T- Tony Hark. Yeah, you guys are making fun of me for reading off the cue cards, but then he goes and says Tony Hark. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> is he coming back, Tony Stark? You guys ready to best of the rest of it? Nancy Pelosi had a meltdown over the weekend. Uh, she talked about some <laughs> investigations that the Trump she ran era... on a fucking ice cream? What? The Trump era DOJ did into digging into some, some emails of some of the elected House representative and congressional members... While he was in office in regards to the case they were building for impeachment part two. Did they ever find the laptop? Who knows? Here's what she had to say. That was stolen? Mm. What the Republicans did, what the uh, administration did, the Justice Department, the leadership of the former president, goes even beyond Richard Nixon. Oh, God. Richard Nixon had an enemies list. (laughs) This is about uh, undermining the rule of law. And for the attorneys general, are and Sessions, at least two, to say if they didn't know anything about it is beyond belief. So we will have to have them come under oath to testify about that. Now, how could it be that undermining the rule of law, undermining the separation of power of the executive branch and the legislative branch, and having these uh, uh, just data mining is something new in terms of where technology has taken us, uh, but not new in terms of uh, something that should never have happened. Do you think it's limited just to the members we We don't know. Uh, That's why we'll have to, of course, the inspector general's report is very important, but it is not a substitute for what we must do in in the Congress. And uh, I know that the Senate has called for uh, some review. We will certainly have that in the House of Representatives. So you said that both uh, former Attorney General Barr and Sessions, they have said that they didn't know anything about this. So had Roz, has Rod Rosenstein. I'm Rosenstein the, as well. Who was the Deputy Attorney General. If you don't see them voluntarily on Capitol Hill, will you subpoena them? Well, let's hope that they will want to honor the rule of law. This is, uh, uh, the Justice Department has been rogue under President Trump understand that in so many respects. What does that even this mean? is just a man, another manifestation of their rogue activity. Okay. The others uh, were uh, perpetrated by the attorneys general, but this is one that they claim no knowledge of. How could it be that there could be an investigation of other members in the other branch of government and the press and the rest too? That, and, and the attorneys general did not know. She froze. So who are these people and are they still in the Justice Department? And again, th- this is just out of the question, no matter who's president, whatever party, this cannot be the way it goes. 
Well, their sister Nance kind of, well, kind of. She was probably only about three wine glasses deep at that point, at least. A couple of Bloody Marys in. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where you just have to kind of take it with a grain of salt because they hate when. First of all, they they accused Donald Trump throughout his presidency of all the things they were actually doing. We've yeah projection. We've shown a lot of that proof on this show in regards to just stuff that is, as she put it, manifested over the last five years. Um, they don't like it. We kind of like it. I do want to kind of before we touch on to the next one, which is a hard segue, just give a little bit of a montage of things that may or may not have happened in the last couple of years regarding not only privacy amongst congressional and house members and how they're trying to scheme to fuck Donald Trump over, but overall election integrity. Mm-hmm. You, you ready for a little montage? I, I wish we had some South Park S music to go in the background, but I just, I don't have those kind of video skills. Maybe we could collab in the future. Yeah. Machines are too vulnerable. For researchers have repeatedly demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tempering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. It is the individual voting machines that some pose that pose some of the greatest risk. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines. Right? Which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know that hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who before our eyes hacked election machines. Um, Those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software like Windows XP in 2000 which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. In a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state, or maybe one or two, or maybe just a few counties in one swing state. I'm very concerned that you could have a hack that finally went through. Well, Anthony, what do you think about that? That's not not including Kamala Harris, who spoke three times on that, but 26 other congressional and House representatives on the Democratic side who all raised concerns from the years 2016 through 2020 about the integrity and safe security wiseness of election voting machines. The same people that are acting like Donald Trump used the Department of Justice against them and nobody's talking about FISA warrants. Exactly. Right. These, these, these are the same people who are accusing, you know, Donald Trump of, of propping up Mike Lindell and the cyber ninjas of trying to overturn a democratically elected election, which it was the safest and securest ever. Hmm. And and that's the that's the issue, right? Is 
if Donald Trump's doing it, is it okay that the the Democrats do it? Is it okay that the Republicans do it? Or is it okay only because Donald Trump did it? Right? Like, how about we just don't do it? How about we don't use unelected government officials appointed by the president of the United States to get at our political enemies? That's awesome right there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So pretty simple. It's, it's two words and it kind of solves all the problems other than absentee for like the military deployedly and the physically uh, sick who can't leave their house. And it's called paper ballots. That's paper it. ballots. That's it. So yeah. I, 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 there's some things that should just be analog. And a lot of people say that, uh, well, what about the deployed military? Most military is not deployed to the front lines sitting in a foxhole, right? right? You could send somebody over there. We passed, what, trillion-dollar election bill to make sure everybody could do absentee ballots and mail them in. All this money that we spent could have been sent somebody door-to-door. What's your vote? Cast your vote here. We have a Democrat, Republican, Independent. There's a million ways to skin this cat. We went from mail-in or vote-by-machine that could be hacked in 2021. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's just... And people actually thought it was going to be fine. It's not. I don't know if anybody truly believed that. You think they did? Well, I mean, if, if their team needed to win... You guys, yeah, even the back of their mind, they're probably like this. I, I've I've referenced that fifteen thousand word Time magazine article, yeah, several times on this show, um, which which they basically admit that you know the bipartisan seeker campaign that saved the twenty twenty presidential election, uh, big tech, big labor union bolstered, bolstered. Yeah. They had Barack Obama's accountability SAR leading the way. Uh, you know, in addition with all the help of um, Bezos and Lizardberg with their drop boxes, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it, it, you kind of have to put on a tinfoil hat to say there's no way that that's what happened. But anybody who tries to legitimately argue that anything that has to do with the 2020 ele- uh, presidential election was a referendum on Donald Trump, how do you go from 63 million votes to 74 million? How? Hmm. How do you More win? People can vote when you mail them in, right? But how could you win everything down ballot and then not vote for the guy at the top? Like, why would you put somebody in power who you were essentially voting to restrict all this power? Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So the down ballot voting is also a huge concern too. But we do need to turn the corner. There are some other things that have kind of predominantly presented themselves in the news. Over have the we last heard anything else about those uh, watermarks? I mean, Vernon Jones kind of gave the in. Yeah. And we're gonna wait. Based off of the, you know, there's a lot of non-disclosures, background checks. We talked to people who, who you know, were working at the Arizona elections. We've received on social media some proof and non-proofs based on absentee or in-person voting ballots of, you know, the existence of watermarks. Um, but we we just need to kind of we we let them need to do their official thing. I don't I don't want to kind of push it. It's going to be out in a couple of days. No, I'm just saying there's got to be somebody that we know that dropped the ball, forgot to mail their shit in, that still has one of these. I'd like to see. You know, somebody else. Well, that one that Vernon Jones put on social media the other day, it was like watermarks everywhere. Oh, yeah, the whole fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so can, can I, I know you want to turn the corner, but I'm going to tell a story. Interject. My, my uh, mother-in-law, super tragic, died in October. Sorry to hear that. Guess whose ballot showed up? I'm assuming it's hers. Right? I mean, if, and I, we went over the signature verification and how it went super down this year. I'm just saying. I don't have the ballot. I would like to check it for watermarks. I yeah. had never even thought of it before uh, because obviously I did the right thing and destroyed it because uh, that's the way my family rolls. Yeah. But 
But yeah, that's a good idea. Somebody's got one sitting on their car. Yeah, somebody's got to have one. So if you're listening and you know you somebody who's go got a ballot. door in your neighborhood and just walk the block, there's got to be, there's probably one. Yeah, I bet you on top of like one of those, you know, the mailboxes for like all the apartments or something and all that garbage. Of just the junk mail. The, yeah. yeah. All the readers. I'm sure there's a couple mail-in ballots in there. So, but um, moving on. And something that's been in the news quite a bit lately was the uh, implementation of critical race theory, not only throughout the branches of the federal government, but all the way down to schools, including elementary school. And over the course of the last couple of weeks, I know we've seen Miss Ibrahim and people like uh, a clip we're going to play in a minute from a woman named Keisha King. Um, they have challenged the school boards in regards to the Im- implementation of this stuff, especially at such a young age where you're talking elementary school. Second, third graders being told that not only should they not be playing together, but the ones who aren't a special or certain assigned demographic due to the wokeness of the claims now shouldn't be associating with the other ones. And, and what I'm trying to say in like layman's term is if you're white, you're racist and you should be nowhere near black people who are immediately oppressed, not only just because of your existence, but because of the fact that you could be only racist and nothing else. I don't see how that's a good thing. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, if you're white and like a bunch of other stuff. Well, I mean, Anthony, we talked offline before the show started and it sounded like you do pretty well for yourself as someone who is an African-American and lives in America these days. Um... How do you feel just in general about the whole critical race theory narrative? So I look at it differently. I think that this is my problem with government. We're focused on critical race theory. We're going to all these school boards. All the parents are showing up for critical race theory, critical race theory. How much money do we want to spend on it? Critical race theory. Why aren't we talking about vocational programs? Why aren't we talking about getting kids after school programs when their parents can't watch them? Why aren't we talking about the pipeline of high school to you're getting a paid internship while you're in high school to you're out of high school, you have a job so that you can pay for your education further. If you really want to help out the black community, why aren't we talking about the real fucking issues and you're over here talking about critical race theory and how much money you're going to spend on it to teach your kids that they're actually included instead of actually including them into the society. The fuck are we doing? Well, people Uh, that are self-sufficient and aware and you know, have a way to, you know, take care of themselves, they're going to be less likely to be stuck on the government's, uh, you know, teat, teat, teat. That's it. If you want to talk about poverty breeds crime and these kids are selling drugs, what if we're giving them, what if we're giving them jobs at high school? I don't know who's paying for it, but if we're going to spend all this money on critical race theory, they can have paid internships in the 10th grade. And then they don't have to sell drugs. They can help pay whatever bills, whatever it is. But we're not talking about real issues. We're talking about things to get political points. Otherwise, we'd have school We're talking about voting points. Well, virtue signaling just to the the utmost. But we've seen from from examples used in other countries, in addition to people who we've had on this show who at one point were immigrants or their family members were immigrants and they were first-generation Americans, this is how you implement some of those undertones of, like, socialism and Marxism. You divide the community so bad that it's irreparable yeah and then you just make it to where like you're almost in a caste system that's relying on government for guidance because you've been brainwashed and indoctrinated into the fact that this is the only narrative that exists my high school that i went to okay they had about four years prior to me going there they split up the school into four sections it was based on all your race no, I'm just kidding. It was based on your interest. So, <laughs> where the fuck did you go to high school? Whoa! No, it was based on ladies interest. and gentlemen. Nick's back. So there was four schools when you signed up, and it's public school. There was no charter money coming in, and right. 
there was construction, science, business, and digital media. And so you picked where you wanted to go. And I went to construction. My dad's in this construction. I figure if I screw everything else up, at least I can go bang a hammer and yeah. figure that out. Um, and this is going to sound super racist. A lot of the people that ended up in the construction school were all Mexican. So all my friends, and my school was predominantly black and Mexican. So all my friends naturally were Mexican. Um, and I'm part Mexican, but what I saw was the first two years they teach you legitimate, like this is how you frame a house. This is how you patch drywall. This skills. is how legitimate skills. And then when you went to math class, all the math was geared, not specifically towards construction, but a lot of it was right. leaning towards well, that useful way. Useful things that you're going to use in the workplace, not like yeah. fucking what the new math stuff that, um, when would you use that? Yeah. No, and now. But the cool thing was, was, you know, you had a lot of guys that would fuck off in class. And as they got further in high school, they just became more, they would go into advanced actual construction classes. So you would learn how to, you know, set lines and like learn about fall. Like you learn actual more in-depth construction class. The kids that didn't fuck off would transition into like AutoCAD and learn how to design homes. And it was like a really successful program and they're still doing it. But it was cool because our teachers sat down and they go, we need to teach these kids legit. Not everyone's going to go to school. Not everyone needs, not everyone needs to go to college and not everyone can go. And so I have like three or four friends who would have been dropouts. They're first generation high school graduates, and they have one of my buddies has his own electrician company. Well, there you go. One started his own plumber's company. Like, yeah. They're legit contractors only because they were given that opportunity. So, like what Anthony was saying, it's huge. Like, we can sit around and bitch about the history of the country and like this needs to be redacted, this needs to be changed. And it's like, how about we teach people how to pay taxes? Yeah, why don't we how learn from our mistakes him, and yeah. make people better? Teach them how to buy property. Teach them what to invest in. Build like back better. Teach, you know, teach Stop them it. legitimate skills on how to apply for a job, how to interview. Like when I went throughout my school at this public high school, like we were taught how to interview. You're taught what to wear. You would, we were taught, you know, how to create a resume. And it was like legitimate. We would have people from construction industry come in and tell us that when we interview people, this is what we look for. If you're going to start your own company, this is how you want your business cards to look. Right. And it was legitimate things. You could take notes and go, man, when I graduate high school, I don't have to go to college. Yeah, I set, can take people this. Up, set people up for success. Don't tell them that they're victims. Like we would have pre-SAT courses and they would tell people, you don't have to take this. If you're not planning to go to college, there's no reason for you to take pre-SAT classes. Go learn construction, a legitimate tool, and turn that into a business. And they've had so much success. Like... What public school kid in California knows how to design a house in AutoCAD? It is not a lot. I mean, oh, you give people a drive and you go, hey, this is the, you can use this to start a family. You can use it to buy a house. This is your avenue out of the ghetto, out of this perpetuated cycle that your family's been stuck in. And then you, give, of, and then you give of, your kids more choices later exactly. on. Exactly. This is your avenue out of slavery, right? This is yeah. literally what Booker T. Washington did yep. after he became free, got his education, and opened up these type of institutions yeah. to help people build back better. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So, well, I mean, I'd like to end on a high note. And instead of, I think we've covered the CRT, so we don't need to hear from Keisha King. But she voiced her concerns about kids being, you know, pinned against each other as racist. Um, there was one other... I don't want to call it highlight. Um, hopefully house arrested Senator Chuck Schumer, because we haven't seen <laughs> him in a while, uh, joined a podcast this weekend. And instead, wearing a boot, right? Instead of being safe and coming on ours, he went on some rando one. And <laughs> at some point Weird. during, during the interview, he referred to 
homeless disabled kids as retards. Now, here's the thing. Is that politically <laughs> no, correct? I've listened to the not only the tweet, but I went back and, and listened to about 10 minutes before and a couple minutes after the podcast. Here's the thing. It's funny, period. <laughs> it's taken completely out of context. He didn't mean that homeless disabled kids are retards. He was just using old school language referring to back in my day, you know, when we had those kids on the street, we used to build like the homes for the retards. So I want you guys to hear it. I'll be honest. I'm not prejudiced towards. Oh, I thought you were gonna people. say I'm kind of retarded. Uh, yeah, I mean, imagine we had a button for that. <laughs> Dude, when I was in high was. school, and and this might get us. This is my what does this Just off of Spotify. Still not pressing it. The word faggot and the word retard were common frames. Of, I don't know which one is. Oh, be honest with you. <laughs> I, I'm kind of retarded. Yeah, you are. But those were just funny words that you would use, and now like I call my friends retarded all the time. And then if you're in public and you do that, and you just get like the sharp glance, like I like what you did there. I, I saw where you saved yourself. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Let's hear Chuck Schumer not on our podcast, where he would probably, you know, get a little bit of leeway, but on this random one where he did and did the old. R we'd be like, say that again. The R word slip. Mm. And this initiative actually will house the homeless population that is actually living on our streets. We see them every day. Yes. We're about to yes. house them. And they're against it. It's, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, I have found that my whole career. They wanted to build, a, um, in when I first was assemblyman, mm -hmm. they wanted to build a, a congregate living place for retarded children. Mm -hmm. The whole neighborhood was against it. These are harmless kids. They just needed yeah. some help. We yeah. got it done. So, and yet, this yeah, initiative you know, actually... You have, you have... Well, he didn't... Right. <laughs> I, I thought he was actually going to say retards. <laughs> right. Retards. He just said retarded children. That's <laughs> actually... But it was a direct inference to when she was saying homeless disabled kids. <laughs> and, and he just went... You know, he, like I said, taken out of context, it's a drive-by headline. But, yeah. You know, he, he referred to them as retarded kids as back in the day for the homes they built for them. <laughs> so I guess, I guess the uh, drive-by media works. That's just a non-story. It's a nothing sandwich. Both each ways. A Anthony, what do you think about Chuck Schumer using the R word? Everybody wants to be triggered. I say, say what you want. I'm black. I can still say every word in the English language. Ooh. I like it. <laughs> I like that so much. I just had the air horn. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Biden mic drop. I'm fucking out of here. Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, all we can do is kind of keep riding it. Because this timeline's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, all of the things that we speculated on as Pacho hosts, maybe even when we started just about a year and a half ago, a half of them have come to fruition, and the other one seemed like the wave is starting to crest right now. And that we may be just a little bit more in the know in the next few weeks or months than we were. I feel like the ratio of being wrong is kind of low. Yeah, but there is one thing we can all, you know, pretty much assume. All four of us, including Anthony, who's black, are white nationalists and racist. Yeah. So we, can, I'm fine with that. Anthony, you good with that? Good with it. Perfect. Yeah, that, that clip's going to be taken out of context someday. Speaking of Anthony, Anthony, why don't you tell all of our listeners <laughs> when why, one of us runs for president, where, be where they can find it. you on either social media, your podcasting sites. If you want to tell everybody again what your show is all about, direct them towards you. So check out Where's the Purple Podcast on all of your podcast outlets. Um, we have regular conversations with regular people from all walks of life, different political perspectives. Check us out on Instagram, where it's the Purple Podcast. Go check us out on YouTube. Got one video up there. Like, subscribe, leave some comments. Where's the Purple Podcast? I love it. And, and I'm telling you, it's one of those things where 
sometimes when I get stuck in my own little echo chamber of like, yeah, everything's going to go right and this is all going to happen. Like sometimes I just like you throw out a podcast there on a Thursday or Friday, I'll listen to it and it, literally it grounds me. And it says, you want to know what? There are some other issues other than the ones we talk about on this show that not only need to be addressed, but need to be reasonably discussed. Yeah. And on that note, the Steak for Breakfast podcast is available on all podcasting platforms. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and Google. Still haven't got kicked off Spotify. Not yet. George Soros. Um, Our website is (laughs) steakforbreakfast.com. And we're on Instagram at Steak for Breakfast Podcast and Steak for Podcast Breakfast. I just realized we didn't touch upon Hillary's body count. No, she killed another person. It's the tarmac um, reporter who wrote a book about it and probably had some more dirt that would have led directly to the indictment of Hillary Clinton, hence his death. Yeah. And we just touched upon it. Yeah. We're on Twitter at (laughs) DOS23TRES and on Gab at Steak for Breakfast Podcast. Download the shows, listen, like, follow, and share. Hit the notification bell on the Instagram accounts as well since we're heavily shadow banned. Um, we like to thank our sponsors Odyssey Best headphone in studio recording equipment Out there right now Visit them on odyssey.com They're also on Facebook and Instagram Manrubs and manrubs.com Don't mistreat your meat mm. Especially with Father's Day coming up You would like to uh, not have that meat unrubbed Prior to going on the smoker And before you all eat it Completely mm. legitimate and actual things that are going to happen. Yeah, nice. Sounded as gross as possible, though. Yeah. They're on Instagram, and they're at manrubs.com. Stay ready gear. Um, some of the best concealed carry. Listen, if you have a picture and you would like it on a concealed carry holster, just send it to them, and they'll work with you, and they'll get it done. Uh, we also have uh, West Coast Survival Arms. Hit Mike up over there at 619-870-6992. He's also on westcoastsurvivalarms.com and on Facebook. He's probably got ammo. Just saying. He sure does. Uh, MediocreMedic.com and DumpBox.us, two of our tactical gear, one-stop shops. We got patches everywhere. I'm wearing a T-shirt, coronavirus flag, pins on my bag. Um, You just can't beat it. I've spent an obscene amount of money. Yeah, March Joe Friday has some of the best tactical gear you will ever purchase for yourself in your life. And then MediocreMedic has some of those little accents that will just make it that much better. Hit up our sponsors. Uh, Mark's on Facebook and on Instagram. Mediocremedics on Instagram and at mediocremedic.com. Uh, show creds this week go to uh, Lala of the Lala Beams podcast. We've got James from We The People Radio. Jasmine, one of the co-hosts of Russian Disinformation. First plug. First plug. <laughs> they haven't done a podcast in over a month, so we kind of got to just like... Austin, I'm leaving you out this week. I just said your name, but I'm leaving you out of the, the, the creds this week. Yeah, way to go. Um, and Wits Up 17 who, who uh, came real correct with some uh, social media posts for us to be able to use as audio on our show. And Real Brenda Memes. Um, we also have Friends of the Week. Always a uh, good one. And during that, we will use uh, Anna Eva Patriot. We've got who else do we usually like? Khalil three, mm, yeah. Axia five point zero. Um, ooh, Carm vibe. She's a new one. I, I, she's she's got some real fire stuff out there. And uh, I'm gonna do one more. Verse Mockingbird project. Oh yeah, it's quite a positive one. And, and I'll go that Southern dude. You'll leave for a second. Awkward pause. Just kidding. Baby cakes two point <laughs> There you go, Nick. You haven't giggled in so long. You haven't you haven't finished the show with us in a while. Upcoming shows, we got a lot of exciting stuff. Next week, we're going to have Norbin Laden. And if that last name sounds familiar to you, yeah, where do I know that from? Well, I'm going to just leave it at niece of niece of niece of blank. Is it, last the, last, is it the last name? Might be. 
Uh, the week after that, we're going to have Sheep No More. Wits Up is coming on for a Friends episode on the 6th of July, and we're going to add more Friends to that. We might bring Axia back. She was actually pretty good, too, with her. And then the following week on the 13th of July, we're going to have Wonder Woman's going to circle back. Nice. Yeah. We all collaborated yesterday, and I'm going to have to mention it towards the end of the show. Uh, Ian Smith of Ian Smith Fitness, thank you for not doing what we didn't want you to do. Uh, because in this Patriot movement and things of that nature, which I didn't get to say all show. I know, right? Not only that, but you were on the precipice. There you go. Of doing an interview that may have or may not have hurt your integrity and a collaboration motion behind the scenes between all the Patriots working and controlling the timeline. Went out and stopped that from happening. I'll just leave it at that. Um, thank you to the Brebs, the Kangs, Wonder Woman, Priscilla, Destroy Fear 22, and anybody else who used a burner account to DM them. We fucking did it. Um, what else you got? Anybody? I got nothing. Noah? Nick? Super hot. Besides that, you're super drunk, that's why. I'm not. There's just puddles of sweat on the table where my a- forearms have been sitting for the last two hours. Anthony, anything else before we go? What, what You got a catchphrase on your show? What do you tell people when, when you know, you're, you're hyping it up? Come on, people. I like We're it. All people. That's yeah. it. That's pretty much it. I'm into it. I'm like always. Work. And until next week, there are a few things that we require you to do on the show. Hold the line. Ride it. By the dip. By the dip. Eat steak. Eat meat. Where we go, one we go all. And most importantly, a. Stay strapped or get clapped. No. <laughs> That's pretty important though. Sorry. <laughs> it is, but hey. Great advice. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Right? And until next week when we have on Norbin Laden, this has been the Steak for Breakfast podcast. On behalf of my co-host, Nick and Noah. I'm Nick. And our guest, Anthony, host of the We the Purple podcast. I'm Roan. And we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.